Harry Potter is enrolled in a photography class to learn how to take better dick pics, and his professor is Draco Malfoy? Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth are directing a Titanic exhibit, and Jon Snow is the security guard? Tony Stark is producing a dating show on a tropical island, and all the Avengers are the contestants? There is no way stories like this exist. And there is no way three best friends would read them and put their reactions out for the world to hear. I mean, no one would do that, right? Guys? I'm Allie Lefevre. I'm Lindsay Rush. I'm Danny Chapman. And, and this is Fangasm. The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, strong language, and characters we don't own. Wait, hold on. I have to ask this, Lindsay. Yeah. Does Mindy not believe in evolution? No. My mom believes in Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I haven't asked her in a long time. She <laughs> changed her mind. <laughs> she probably tells herself that like- The Lord planted them. I don't think she takes the Bible literally, but the Bible doesn't mention them, but they like account that they were happening at the same time or something like that. She has a Nancy perspective on it. She's just combining whatever she- She's just convenient <laughs> truthing herself. Yeah. Like, she believes dinosaurs are real. I don't know how she justifies the timeline of Jesus with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that doesn't line up. The timeline of Jesus. Jesus would line up. Adam and Eve wouldn't line up. Jesus was real. Oh, yeah, right. Because, you know, Adam and Eve are the first thing out. Well, yeah, the creation story. In the beginning, yeah. God created the heavens and the earth. That, like, the begin- the Bible thinks the world is, like, 10,000 years old. Yes. So, like, that doesn't check out. She's just not thinking about it that hard. She's just chilling. Yeah. She's like, Jesus will tell me when I get to heaven. <laughs> what if Jesus is a dinosaur? She'll fucking like blow her hair back when she gets there. It's going to be, like, the pearly gates, and he's going to ride up on a stegosaurus, and she's going to be like, ah! That explains it. <laughs> the dinosaur from, uh... The show Dinosaurs. He's got the flannel shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. He's an angel. He's Gabriel or whoever's at the pearly gates. Yeah. I'm a prophet. Gotta love me. <laughs> oh, boy. Welcome back to Fangasm. Wait, it wasn't loading. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> you guys froze. <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> It just all when you came to, you were going angasm. Angasm. Wait, angasm. Hold on. Angioplasty. (laughs) Welcome back to Fangasm. I'm Danny. I'm Allie. I'm Lindsay. And we've been recording for about 95 minutes before we just started this. So we we are loopy. But we're excited because it's episode four, season 23, and, you know, two of our favorite guys are just stuck in prehistoric times trying to make the most of it. Pants are off. Pants off. Lube's in the butt. All bets are off. And we're going to see what happens. Well, we're, we're getting right to the blowdown. But before we do that, Lindsay, we got a couple of things, but you're fresh out of HP world. I am. Oh. And you even took a trip to Jurassic Park all in once, right? I know. I'm like... Research. It was research. I should have expensed all of it. <laughs> we'll get you back. <laughs> I took, not solo, with their parents, my five and seven-year-old nephews, to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, or as 
the five-year-old calls it Hogwarts City. <laughs> so <laughs> they loved it, you guys. It was the cutest. They just loved it so much. And one of my favorite parts, I would say, is so Davis and Jack. Jack is seven. Davis is five. There were just a few that the Davis was not tall enough to ride. Mm-hmm. And so on some of those, I just stayed back with him and we would explore. You know, they had the wands so they could do all the tricks in front of the windows and stuff. And like I said last week, Jack is like the big fan. He's on book five of the illustrated mm-hmm. books. He's old enough to understand a lot of it. And Davis just likes it because, I mean, I think he likes it genuinely, but he's not as tuned in. <laughs> and so we were in the Hogsmeade part. And I asked Davis, I was like, do you want to go into the candy shop or the joke shop? Because I just wasn't calling them by their full thing. And he was like, what's a joke shop? And I was like, oh. And then I was like, you know, it's sort of like how, like, Fred and George have a joke shop in Diagon Alley. You know, I was, like, trying to explain it like that because that's not the one on the side. And he covers his ears and he goes, please, no spoilers. I'm only on book one. (laughs) Like, he thought... That me saying that the twins had a joke shop and he had the most serious face, like I had spoiled. That is a spoiler. It is a spoiler. Oh my God. I was like, I am sincerely sorry. Here's a $30 chocolate frog. (laughs) (laughs) Lizzie and I were doing the math on how much it costs to explore the wizarding world. (laughs) We're officially old because Allie's like, okay, noted. I'll get the robes beforehand when I bring (laughs) Farah. Save nine ninety nine. You are your mother's daughter. Oh yeah. Wait, how much of the book? Many of the books do you think you need to have read in order to understand the location? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is like the latest reference? Probably just book one. I mean, definitely. But the Weasley brothers didn't start their joke shop until later on. Yeah, I think book five or six. So he's right about that. Well, is the Hagrid ride have anything to do with like festivals or anything or? I don't remember. I can't remember the premise of it. Yeah, there might be some little micro-references I imagine they wouldn't get. Oh, you guys, I also saw a couple taking their engagement photos no, <laughs> on really? the bridge with the castle. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I mean, big fans, you know? <laughs> Lindsay's in the back of them, yeah. setting up her own little joke shop. It's just me with like a churro walking by like, <laughs> <laughs> What else? What did Jack like the most? He really loved his robe, which, Danny, guess how much robes cost it? I didn't buy these, so I don't care, but I was fascinated. Guess how much a robe is to buy it there? $49.99. No. You wish. No, 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 no. $89.99. You're sticking that thumb up my butt. Um, $199.99. It was like $140, I think. Ugh. Or $130 or something. No. It's crazy. Nancy's making it for us. It's crazy. But it, it was very real. It had pockets on the outside and then it had like a wand holster. Like it was very legit. The first time I ever went to Harry Potter World, I went alone because I was there for work. And I was like, what if I never make it back? You know? And then I was like kind of sad and alone there and I like didn't buy myself anything because, you know, I was just there and so. (laughs) I thought I'll make it sadder. (laughs) I won't buy myself a thing. Just mope around. Let me just be as sad and restrain myself as much as possible. It's like Charlie Brown just moping through Hogwarts. (laughs) The only thing I bought myself was the photo of me and the family I sat next to on the Hogwarts ride. Did you have a butterbeer or anything? Uh, I, you know, I did have that, and I was like, this is really sweet. <laughs> so 
Anyway, but it is magical. Butterbeer's so sweet. I did the fire whiskey, and I like that a lot better. You know what? Some I read, and I I read it after I left, but they were like, "Don't get the butterbeer. Get the butterbeer soft serve. That would probably mm, be good." Yeah, it's in Diagon Alley, apparently. But Jack each day said that he thought maybe he had changed his mind about butterbeer. So my brother in law was like, "Another butterbeer for Dad," because Jack could taste it again and then go, "Oh yeah, no, I don't like that." <laughs> but he kept rethinking he would see them and be like. I think maybe I should give that another shot. And then every time. Not yet. Dad's just shelling out, what, 10 bucks a pop for butterbeer? 700 calories. (laughs) Um, And then you also went to Jurassic Park. Yes, went to Jurassic Park. There's a new roller coaster called the Velocicoaster. So I tried to tell them about Dick Cockpuss, but no. (laughs) That's why I got thrown out of the park. So (laughs) dragged out. Dick It's a play on a Dick It's a made up dinosaur. (laughs) It's four puns in one. (laughs) <laughs> Have you ever heard of four pun dinosaur? Instead of Sirius's face on the poster, it's now me. Take the hot Go ahead, throw me an Azkaban. <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't even allowed in. You're enemy number one. Uh, How fun. Well, are, have you napped off that trip yet? Just barely. Yeah, well. I feel like I feel like five and seven is like very funny just because they're so excited, but it was like lots of magical meltdowns about small <laughs> things. Of course. So yeah, but it was great. How exciting. It is so they've done such a good job. I babysat the boys one night because it was my brother-in-law's birthday and they went back at night. Emma and Mike did to ride a bunch of rides and do adult things. And they said Hogsmeade was all like lit up beautifully and like mm. magical. So I feel like the adult trip is, that's what you got to do. I think it'd be fun at night. I watched the boys. They went back and they rode rides and had sex in the bathroom. Hogsmeade <laughs> <laughs> turns into like a sort of like triple X situation. crazy. I mean, Nocturne Alley. Oh, hell yeah. Some seedy shit going on in Nocturne Alley. The dick dock. What are the other fandoms there that could inspire our next expense trip? Man. I mean, there's Marvel. We walked through Marvel, which we've done. Oh, my God. It- I mean, Simpsons, Dr. Seuss. These all feel – there's all the, like, the comic land. That's right. Let's do one about Kathy the cartoon. I remember that land. She'd be a real good – Isn't it like Betty Boop and everything? Uh-huh. Yeah. All, yeah. It's, like, called Toontown or something. <laughs> Toontown. Toontown's from Raja – Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't see him. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the ride Toon Lagoon, which I thought was like perfect for our accent. <laughs> Toon Lagoon. Oh, oh Toon Lagoon. Oh, Boo Barn. I love it. Well, I can't wait. What else do we have new? Well, we've got two emails that came through mm. and a listener voicemail. You've got mail. M A L E. I was trying to make it sexy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did a great job. You've got dick. <laughs> Should I read some of these emails? Yes, read the emails and then... Yeah, and then the VM will play at the end of the episode. Okay, so first email is from Ashley. She said, hey, Allie, Danny, and Cheryl, it's Ashley who popped your (laughs) shout-out cherry. Just wanted to send you a Valentine Day thank you. The past few weeks, I've been re-listening from the beginning and catching up to the new season. I was embarrassingly behind, but I am nearing the end of season 21. I am shocked that she's not following (laughs) along every week. I have always listened at work, which is a popular choice for most. I do home shopping, which is the same as Instacart, but through the supermarket's online delivery. Oh, just like Ray. Yeah. (laughs) 
So it was pretty meta when I was doing someone shopping while you were reading season 14. Because of your fantastic pod, I made 12 best friends and we will be attending Julianne's wedding on Harry Potter's birthday, which I cannot wait. Even though I've never met the three of you, I consider you my friends and me and Allie share a love for Eminem, my future husband. I will fight you for him. Um, <laughs> this week, anytime I've been alone, cooking or cleaning, I've been re-listening to the pod because your lovely nasally voices don't make me feel alone. Hope that doesn't sound like a creeper. I'm not. When I first listened to your podcast four or five years ago, I was in a non-romantic marriage and through your podcast and your Facebook group, I felt my own self-esteem and confidence grow to where I knew I needed to leave my husband and find someone who will treat me the way I deserve. So please take my biggest thank you and hope you have the horniest Valentine's Day and night with your husbands. Love you guys, Ashley. Is that the sweetest or what? Aww. Oh my gosh, Ashley. That's so sweet. We love you. We're here for any adventure you're on. I can't tell what's coming first, like our stories or your life. But either way, <laughs> we are going to be reading a story about a lottery winner yeah. <laughs> who falls in love with Eminem. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. I, I will say our search will be faulty and you will fall in love with an Eminem. But... <laughs> They're back, and that's okay. We might have Butch write it, which is going to be the green Eminem, the horny one. Uh-huh. Also, Ashley, please tag us in a group pick at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. If that's what brought you guys together as friends, that like is the cutest, most perfect thing. So we want to see. And somehow find a way to weave us into the vows. Yeah. Like, come on. We think that is only fair. We'll send you silverware. <laughs> Silverware underwear. Okay, one more email. So the subject line is Pangina Monologues. Hi, Allie, Danny, Lindsay, Cheryl, and Susan. My worlds collided like the Earth's plates while while listening. Uh Uh-oh. Wish I had an edible in my system for that. I'd be like, no way. But you guys, it was all one thing. I love that she mentioned Susan. (laughs) Yeah, Susan, you don't get chat outs very often, so I'm so excited for her. My worlds collided like the Earth's plates while listening to season 23, episode two, and hearing the mention of Pangea. I have a sober obsession with it. No drugs required to get me fired up about our beloved supercontinent. It blows my mind, too. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I feel like I wrote this to myself. Anyway, thanks yeah. very much for making my morning commute hysterical with all the horny dino names, the weird accents, the creationist jokes. Sexily, Laura. P.S. I picture the Pegasaurus with dildos along the spine instead of big scales. P.P.S. Are the AO3 police still hot on your trail? I'd love to take a crack at writing a story for the pod. Cute. Uh, they are. <laughs> They are fire breathing down our neck. That Pegasaurus graphic is so smart. I will be making it. I love that. That's perfect. I love it. And we need you to write a story. Yes. Yes. Always. Absolutely. How exciting. Those are such sweet notes. We love hearing from you guys. Very sweet. I will say that in order to make the graphics, I use a computer that is also has some work stuff on it. So I like <laughs> don't search things. So I like search on my phone, airdrop <laughs> graphics to my set. You know, it's like <laughs> a mess. Danny, will you please screenshot your search history that pulls up those graphics? Yes, I want to see that. Absolutely not. Dino's humping. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, before we get into the blowdown, you'll stay tuned to the end of the episode. We have a listener voicemail from Maddie, and mm. it is delightful. You do not have a choice. <laughs> Consent, of course. So now we sort of half blew down in the beginning. Yeah. But essentially where we left off last episode is that Draco has invited Harry to take his pants off and that he could teach him a thing or two about sex. And we were getting a little nervous because Draco is fully clothed and Harry has taken all of his clothes off. Draco did a lube spell and his uncle Lubricus custom spell. (laughs) And that's where we're at for the most part. They're still stuck in dinosaur land. 
I got to see what's going. I mean, do we think, okay, just guess your prediction is prank or wank. Is Draco pranking him or does he want to wanking him? Wanker. I mean. He's going to be eaten by a dinosaur at any minute. I hope this is real wank. Me too. Yeah. I'll be so angry if it's a prank. It's so mean. So mean. So. He's a real predator. Yeah. He's the real predator. <laughs> yeah, if he's- yeah. He's the real. He's the beast. It's you, Al. Reading? It's me. Let's get into the belly of the beast. Welcome to the joke shop. <laughs> no spoilers. A moment later, Harry and Malfoy found themselves sitting on opposite branches of their current shade and retreat tree. Malfoy still fully dressed while Harry was buck-ass naked, safely perched on a prehistoric branch wide enough to put the Hogwarts battlements to shame. Oh, we forgot they're hiding from little furry dinosaurs. That's right. That's what's happening there in a tree. Malfoy raised an elegant eyebrow in question. The bark chafes, Harry admitted grumpily. Aw, poor Harry, Malfoy said. It was obviously meant to be mocking, but Harry's heart still fluttered at hearing his name from Malfoy's lips. He took a gamble and replied in kind. Oh, shut it, Draco. Apparently delighted, Draco continued. Do you really want me to shut it, Harry? I mean, if I stood on that branch right below you, I'd totally be level with your crotch. But of course, if you'd rather I kept my mouth shut. I will say, how did Harry get up there and not just immediately slide off? (laughs) all that lube. <laughs> he's barely protected. He only made it up to the first level of branch. Uh-huh. He's probably just like two inches from the ground. Never had tree sex. Tree top or bottom. It's <laughs> good. Mm. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Harry looked at the smirking bastard in stunned surprise, then hastily spread his legs. <gasps> Ooh, I didn't expect that. He felt his prick take a marked interest and decided to shift around so he could at least partially lean against the tree trunk. Danger of falling off the tree branch and his excitement averted for now. Let it not be said that Harry Potter didn't know how to plan ahead. Please, by all means, he said and gestured between his spread legs. <laughs> what's, a, it, what's a dinosaur that's most like an eagle? We could call it that, like spread, spread pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Please, by all means, he said and gestured between his spread legs. It was really unfair, Harry thought, that Draco managed to look elegant even as he climbed down from a tree branch he had fled onto in fear of something that, for all intents and purposes, might just be a couple of mice. Were mice around back then? I think he's saying that they may as well be mice because they're little, okay. they don't know if they're dinosaurs. They're just got tiny it, got guys. It. I was going to say, is are mice a carryover from the prehistoric era? doesn't seem like it. Is this a Tom and Jerry <laughs> crossover? Because I'm into it. Mice actually are descendants of Triceratops. <laughs> Getting down. <laughs> but oh, he did. Harry watched the lithe apparition that was Draco Malfoy nimbly lower himself to the branch below his erstwhile perch, then lightly flow down the larger branch until he arrived at Harry's knees. You sure about this? He asked, one hand sliding smoothly up Harry's thigh. Are they still in danger? I mean, and now they're in different danger. They're in danger again. Their dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> they have no survival instincts, these two. None. Oh my gosh. They're surrounded by prehistoric mammalian that could kill them at any moment. They're safe in a tree. I don't want to um, critique you, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not mammalian. Reptilians. Yeah, there Reptalia. we go. Animalia. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> Dinosaur. And just at that time, a T-Rex came and eat them both. <laughs> Harry nodded mutely. Draco gave him a long burning look, then stepped in between Harry's legs. Harry's entire body tensed in anticipation. Two heartbeats later, alive, 
moist heat enveloped the head of his cock. Oh. Looking down, he saw Draco looking up at him. The aristocrat's delicate lips wrapped firmly around Harry's rapidly hardening erection. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 Danny, do your pop noise. Chicka, chicka, wow, 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 wow. Booyah. <laughs> Draco couldn't smirk, but Harry thought the look in his eyes still brought across the blonde's amusement loud and clear. Then Draco got to work, and Harry briefly went nonverbal. Oh, oh, Merlin, this is, this is, huh, oh. Ooh. So maybe Harry wouldn't win any prize for his eloquence just at the moment, but Draco didn't seem to mind. Every sound Harry made seemed to spur the blonde on, and Harry kind of loved that. It made him feel a lot less self-conscious about the gasps and moans that his vocal cords produced, quite without any conscious input from his brain. Harry was paying rather a lot of attention to his own throat, seeing as Draco was valiantly attempting to swallow Harry's prick down his. Oh, my. (laughs) What would that feel like, he wondered. Didn't it hurt? Harry felt a lot of apprehension, but also he's never eaten a corn dog in his life. Jesus, Harry. (laughs) In one bite? (laughs) (laughs) He's never been at the Minneapolis State Fair. (laughs) Never had a bomb pop? Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Harry felt a lot of apprehension, but also some unexpected eagerness at the thought of returning the favor. The more he thought about it, the more he liked the thought. Liked it a lot. I like it a lot. No. (laughs) Draco, I'm, I'm, (laughs) does he know what coming is? Yes. Okay. Draco, I'm, I'm. Gasping, Harry twisted one hand in in Draco's hair and pulled. The blonde's head came up, and there was the smirk Harry had been expecting all along. Excellent, was all the Slytherin said before escaping Harry's surprise slack and grip to bend back down. Harry had not expected that confused would be the most prominent emotion he felt while orgasming with another person for the first time. I guess that's just Malfoy for you, he told himself with an internal sigh. And that's Malfoy. He followed it up with an audible tone, this one accompanied with a lot less metaphorical eye-rolling and quite a bit of sated pleasure. Harry slumped back against the tree. Thanks, Draco, he said earnestly. That was... Draco looked up at him with a surprising hint of uncertainty beneath the habitual facade of self-confident bravado. Bloody brilliant, Harry finished. He delighted in seeing Draco's cheeks flush at the praise. Wait, you guys, I just, because I was just telling myself, they're still in a tree. Woody Woodpecker. He's wood. Woody. Yeah. There's pecker. It's so many things. Woody's woodpecker. Draco's a woodpecker because he's pecking wood. No, pecker is also a dick. Wood a pecker? <laughs> How much wood would a woodpecker peck if a woodpecker could? <laughs> I'm picturing like him being like, and so he's putting a hole. He's just sucking a dick. <laughs> Harry and Draco hiding in a tree. B L O W I N G. First comes time travel, then comes dinosaurs, then comes Draco on all fours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, 23 seasons for tree sex. Finally. This is the climax. Come here, Harry said, scooting back to lean more fully against the tree trunk and patting the branch between his spread legs. <laughs> Are you having giggles? Yeah. Sorry, I was very busy writing down tree climb maxing. I think that's what I'm laughing about is that when people tune into this podcast, 
It's just shit you would never think to hear. <laughs> I mean, it surprises even us. Like Woody Woodpecker jokes. Like, what are we taught? What are we doing? Instead of the Whomping Willow, they're like in the blowing blossom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blowing birch. The blowing birch. That much better. Uh-huh. Drago frowned at him. What? Harry asked. Mellow and Sloda clocked the problem. Draco primly raised his wand and evanescoed the few dribbles of escape fluids between Harry's thighs. Neat freak, Harry thought, but there was no bite to the insult. He was just happy to have Draco actually taking his invitation and settling down with his back leaning against Harry's chest. Harry didn't know why, but he had the sudden fierce urge to cuddle, and Draco was obliging him. Perfect. Wrapping his arms around the blonde, Harry sighed happily into Draco's neck. Brilliant, he repeated. Draco relaxed back into him. The bark at Harry's back <laughs> chafed Harry's a little. still naked. <laughs> his bark is bigger than his bite. <laughs> yeah, bark for the bite. <laughs> All blow, no bark. <laughs> and Harry once more became ridiculously aware of his own nakedness when the cloth of Draco's shirt touched his chest, but none of that mattered. He had just had his first orgasm shared with someone else, and he was too giddy to care about much else. For a while, neither of them moved, and Harry let himself drift a little on the post-orgasmic high and the perfect feel of Draco's body in his arms. It took him way too long to realize that he had had Draco's body in his arms and it all felt perfect. Once he clued into the fact, though, gone was the relaxed lassitude. Harry's hands began to roam, appreciating the unexpected treasure that he had been presented with. One hand slowly wandered up Draco's shirt and started toying with his top button. The other caressed his partner's hip bone. Draco's body felt amazing under Harry's hands. He fleetingly wondered if he had ever touched another person's hips like that or felt... Their Adam's apple bob against his knuckles. <laughs> Bobbing for Adam's apples. <laughs> Speaking of the Minnesota State Fair. <laughs> uh, oh, man. They seem to find a fish and, and it die in the yeah. bag on the way home. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Add it to your graveyard, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Coming up blank, he dismissed the idle thought and explored further. The top button gave, and Harry's left hand playfully approached the second one while his right tugged on the hem of Draco's shirt to tease it from its tight fit beneath Draco's belt. This branch must be huge. <laughs> like, they're sitting comfortably. It's got to be an enormous, like, branch isn't the right word. It's like a limb. It's like a second trunk. Yeah, like a- it's like a trunk growing from the trunk. Evil Dime did say at the beginning of this that the tree was bigger than any tree in Hogwarts. Okay. Okay. It's like a redwood. That's what all the trees say. Yeah. It's <laughs> huge. <laughs> Just trust me. Uh, yeah, you're like the biggest tree I've ever had. I've like <laughs> never seen a tree this big. <laughs> Draco's posture had changed from a relaxed slouch to anticipatory tension the moment the first button popped open. That's an erection. <laughs> <laughs> all the blood flowed into his entire body. <laughs> If there were only there was a word for that. With the second, he arched his back and moaned quietly. Harry was delighted. He was inexperienced and unsure of himself, but it didn't look like Draco cared about that just now. What Harry was doing seemed to be all right in Draco's book. Bolstered by the overwhelmingly positive feedback, Harry continued savoring his exploration of Draco's torso. Draco rewarded him with more moans and restless, twisting motions of his entire body. His back arched, his heels dug into the bark of her shared branch, <laughs> leaves rustled. <laughs> By the time Harry had completely exposed Draco's chest and curiously nudged one finger against Draco's right nipple, Draco was whining in obvious need and his trousers sported a noticeable tent. Shelter. That's good. Finally, some shelter. That's great. (laughs) The tip glistened wetly in the bright afternoon sunlight. (laughs) 
falling through the dappled leaves. That's <laughs> gorgeous. Entranced, Harry stretched out his other hand and lightly touched his index finger against it. Draco nearly leapt off the branch. Ah, Harry. <laughs> you guys, this is a this is like the giving tree. This is like the dirty version of the giving tree. <laughs> it is. Giving and receiving tree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yes, you can use me to hide. Yeah. Yes, you can use me for a blowy. <laughs> yes, you can fuck on my branches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Drago's back pushed insistently against Harry's chest. It almost it feels like Harry's got the short end of the stick on this. He's against the bark right now. <laughs> the short end of the very big stick. <laughs> of the branch. <laughs> Heat rushed through Harry at seeing his erstwhile rival like that. Seeking out Harry's touch, begging with his body to be cared for, to be handled, to be, to be or not to be, (laughs) to be, to, oh. Draco had mentioned something like that in their earlier talk as a thing some people liked, hadn't he? Harry had accepted the information in the spirit it appeared to be given, purely informative, a thing other people liked. But that wasn't exactly what Draco had meant, was it? Draco? Harry asked softly. Mm? Draco made, beyond words, but angling his head back in a listening pose. Draco? Harry said again, lightly wrapping one hand around the back of Draco's neck as he spoke. Would you like me to take care of you? Draco's breath hitched. A shudder ran through his entire body. Then he seemed to freeze in place. My name's Harry. I'll be your waiter tonight. I'm going to take care of you. (laughs) Would you like bread for the table? (laughs) We suggest about 72 tapas for a party of four. Party of four dinosaurs. (laughs) You can always order more. Harry waited tense and with bated breath, but already confident of the answer. After a moment that seemed to last for an entire geological era, (laughs) we're now in the Mesozoic's period, (laughs) to be over in the blink of a giant (laughs) aye-aye. Wait, what did I just read? Wait, are there pirates? After a moment that seemed to last for an entire geological era and be over in the blink of a giant aye-aye. What's an aye-aye? I read it pirate like you. Aye-aye, a giant. Ay ay. Hold on. Ay ay ay. It's a little primate, long fingered lemur. Oh, cute. Okay. The blink of a giant ay ay. That, that's not where the phrase came from, Harry. Harry to break it here. Draco shakily gave a single choppy nod. Then he turned around and buried his face in Harry's chest. Harry wrapped his arms firmly around the shivering blonde. I've got you, he promised. Draco, I've got you. Harry hugged Drago to his chest and felt a rush of fondness overtake his libido and turn everything on its head. How had they gone from sex to this level of affection so fast? Looking back on their interactions over the past few days, Harry had to admit it really wasn't all that fast. Harry himself had been stealthily cuddling with Draco while the other man slept, and Draco, now that he thought about it, had been stealing touches right and left ever since they arrived in this age. And was it any wonder? They had just lived through the war. They had saved each other's lives. Both of them had lived through enough danger and trauma to break any man as children. They had been burdened with responsibility far beyond their age, buried underneath an avalanche of unreasonable expectations, and neither of them had had reliable adults in their lives that could be trusted to want nothing but their safety and happiness. Even before the war, they had spent years focused on each other, admittedly as adversaries, but the fact remained that their lives had very much revolved around each other. Harry knew Draco. He knew how Draco reacted to a challenge, to danger or to a positive surprise. He had seen the other man run the gamut of emotions during their shared school years, from happiness to anger to pain to heartache. They both knew each other. And odd, though, it might have seemed 
less than a year ago, Harry now knew that there was trust and desire and none of it was one-sided. So yeah, if Draco wanted to feel safe and cared for and to let go of responsibilities for this one day, Harry understood. His heart pounded faster in his chest. He understood and he was unexpectedly eager to provide. A moment ago, things had been heated. He felt nervous and aroused and unbelievably exposed. And now he just felt protected. Oh, and also very excited. Even as he hugged Draco close and likely stroked the other man's naked back, Harry felt the hard nudge of Draco's unflagging erection against his abs. While he tugged one finger into the back of Draco's trousers, Harry sent the other one questing between them, finding his quarry. (laughs) He wrapped his fingers firmly around the cloth-covered tip. Draco mewled. What do you want, Draco? Hmm? Harry hummed. Do you want me to hold you like this? He gave a rough twist. I I loved it. He was just, he just had this sweet moment. You know, he's like, yes, we are meant to be together. And Draco's uh, dick is just like, like. (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Remember what was, wasn't Woody the one who were like, (laughs) back to earth <laughs> he gave a rough twist draco gasped do you want me to give you what you've given me he licked a wet stripe down the side of draco's neck to demonstrate his meaning and was rewarded with another full body shiver his voice dropped entirely out with his own control as he continued or do you want me to fuck you draco <gasps> Ooh, harry zero to a hundred million years ago <sighs> Zero to hero, that's our guy. Give a man a dick and he'll eat for a day. <laughs> Teach a man to dick and he'll eat for a lifetime. Sheesh. <laughs> His own prick was recovering nicely and was already halfway hard again. Harry, Drago whined, sounding as confused as Harry had only moments ago. Harry, please. Harry chuckled softly. I'll take that as a yes. Please. I'm picturing, you know, like those tiny dinosaurs that they ran away from. That then they, like, come to the tree, and in order to hide, they, like, have to be up against the tree, like, you know, flush. Yeah. And so, like, the little Uh dinosaurs, like, perched on their hard dicks. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see them. They're in camouflage, (laughs) except for their dicks. Uh (laughs) Yes. There was a quiet, confident authority in Harry's voice when he spoke. He had zero experience, true, but somehow he felt that it would be all right. <laughs> Isn't that a white man's way? That's true. He's like, just. I've never done this before, but I am certain I'll be the best. I feel like I should get a promotion. He saw the dinosaurs do it. True. <laughs> I was surprised when, when Harry was getting blown just to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, so let's turn it into a regular Eddie Met salad situation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Classic eatery? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They had talked about the mechanics of the act extensively. And besides, this wasn't exactly advanced potions work. Draco would let him know if he didn't do it right. I guess Draco's only got one hole to contend with. So how bad could it be? Yeah. He was not doing this alone. It was going to be okay. Having Draco begging for his attention and what was more, trusting Harry to be what Draco needed. That was a heady feeling. Harry had never thought this could happen. When he fantasized about being with Draco, sometimes those had been fantasies about being waylaid by the Slytherin in a dark and out-of-the-way secret passage, the poor, innocent Gryffindor virgin being ravished by the cunning, evil Slytherin. Now he realized that while Draco may be all that, cunning and experienced, far above Harry's station in many ways, and sometimes evil too, he was also a young man for whom life had been no easier than for Harry himself. 
these past few years and who needed someone to cling to just as desperately as Harry did. Harry could give him that. I mean, they're both up in this tree. They got to hold on tight. <laughs> Still in a tree. Maybe not that tight though, but yeah. <laughs> hang in there. It's the, <laughs> Danny, can you remake the cat hanging upside down, hang in there poster, but it's these two on a branch somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, guys, it should say bang in there. Bang in there. <laughs> bang in there. <laughs> uh, Harry could give him that. The thought felt warm and right in his mind, and it lit a fire up inside of Harry. Uh-oh. Smokey the Bear would say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's bring back up Smokey. Smokey and what's his half-brother's name? Yogi. Yogi. But they're in a tree. We can't have a fire inside a Harry burn too hot. <laughs> In a place Harry hadn't paid any mind to in far too long, chest aching with sudden tenderness, he withdrew both hands to place them on Draco's cheeks. Lifting Draco's face up, Harry gazed down into watery gray eyes. He felt his lips curl into a soft smile a moment before he bent down to kiss Draco. Harry's first kiss had been wet in a way he couldn't process right. This kiss was surprisingly just as wet. (laughs) This time, though, it was fine, more than fine. Draco was crying. Oh, wow. And Harry thought maybe he himself was crying too. But it's all right, Harry repeated. I've got you. The end of this episode. Oh my gosh. This really took a turn. It's a roller coaster of emotions. F U C K I N G. C R Y I N G. Fucking up the right tree is what they're doing. Wow. Okay. Well, before we discuss. When the episode ends, check your dino bone. Is it fossilized, fossilized or not? Oof. Hubba. Fossilized, of course. I'm certain we're all rock hard fossilized beneath a little mosquito and an amber. Yeah. How does Jurassic Park begin? Yeah, we're just a mosquito and an amber blob of goo. You get it. It's a classic metaphor. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on display at the Natural History Museum. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Believe us, we're on video. Danny's on a full display at the Natural History Museum. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a I'm a character actor, a method actor. I mean, I love that that entire episode took place in a tree. <laughs> the whole thing. That is a first, 100% a first for this show, right? Yeah, I mean, we've never- well, What happened in season six? I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> we've never even been close to a tree, have we? We've been on a roof, yeah. but never, never a tree. It's a whole different world. Yeah, I'm fossilized. Lindsay? 100%. Fossilized. This was fantastic. You know, I'm, of course, a little confused by how the mechanics of the whole, you know, I need a diagram of this tree, but I'm very excited for them. Well, you guys, fossilized wood is called petrified wood. (gasps) Petrified. Petrified. Yeah, petrified wood. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I guess stay tuned to what's up next, which is a listener voicemail. Yeah, before we go, Evil Dime, thank you for this brilliance. You're, yes. We are time traveling all over the world and loving every second of it. So we're actually not time traveling all over the world. We're staying pretty close to the one spot where they went. But we are here for it, and we don't ever want to leave. So thank you for this brilliant story. Ditto. So great. That was really fun. Okay, guys, see you next week. Bye. Packerfied. Hello, my name's Maddie. I've been listening for, fuck, I don't know, since like, uh, like early 2017, maybe? I don't know. It's like I just missed the beginning. Whatever. It doesn't matter. First of all, love y'all. You make my life so much better. I think I've re-listened like between eight and 10,000 times. 
But I just wanted to reach out to you guys because, honestly, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but I found myself in the middle of a freak blizzard snowstorm something in Portland, Oregon right now. I've been on the road for over three hours on what is normally an 18-minute drive. There's currently two semis, like, just completely out of commission on the side of the road, so I might have to cut you off. But what I wanted to say was that you guys have me laughing so fucking hard right now. I've been so bored in the car, and then I remembered you guys had a new season, and I've been listening to it, and I'm just cackling listening to Danny talk about his dead fish graveyard and Lindsay calling out Val's name, like, as if it's a dog fish. Um, I just want to thank you because it is so entertaining, and I almost recalled your phone number off the top of my head from that one episode years ago where Danny kept singing it aloud, and then Allie was, like, a little lower now. Anyway, I, I almost got it perfect, and I had to Google it, and I was off by, like, three numbers. But long story long, I love you guys. <laughs> thank you for keeping me entertained while I am flipping and sliding around the Fremont Bridge in Portland, Oregon. All right. Love you. Bye. For an extra dose of bonkers entertainment, join our Patreon where you can access hundreds of hours of unreleased content and bonus episodes featuring your favorite fandoms, plus the ones we'd never dare to read on the pod. Head to patreon.com forward slash fangasm to get in on the action. For a regular hookup, make sure to subscribe to the show everywhere you listen. And if we've left you satisfied, ew, leave a five-star review or higher. For updates, merch, or to submit a story, visit fangasmpodcast.com. And thanks to thousands of other listeners, the fun never sleeps over on our private Facebook group, The Fanny Pack. Click the link in the show notes to join. Once you're in, (laughs) check out the 20-plus listener-led groups that cover everything from pets to pot to pen pals.